Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse is out today. Father Charles Murr is filling in for Jess Romero. Father Murr, you're a good man. Thanks for joining us again today. Thank you for having me, uh, Terry. Listen, yes, before Father. we begin, sure. I have to apologize to all your viewers and to you. Why? Uh, I'm I'm not in I'm not in clerics. Oh, okay. I just got done I just got done feeding chickens and geese. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Didn't well, have time to, to take a shower and change. I'm sorry. Not but a it's problem. me. Not it's you, and it I can me. tell by your voice. Father Murr, thanks again. Today we're going to be talking about something that it's a kind of a brief history of our annihilation of what the last five hundred years has taken place. And especially I want to have your input from the nineteen sixties, because you've lived through all that baloney. And mm. that's one thing we're going to be talking about. Another thing is we have the Portland Archbishop telling Catholic schools to use names and pronouns assigned at birth. Really? He has to do that? Yeah, that's because of the culture, the woke culture that we're fighting. And I appreciate the archbishop doing that and other archbishops. We need more of our leaders to do that right at the top. And uh, we're also going to give some good news stories. I love this one story that, Father Murray, you're the one who turned me on to this priest who, it's a little five-minute clip, the second segment we're going to play and he makes the analogy of what took place in Ukraine during World War II and what's taking place here in the West. And I think he gives some great advice to all of us who might be saying, oh, woe is me. Cut that out, woe is you. No. I agree. Holiness, holiness. And so I think we're going to like that. And um, before I get to the gospel, because I think the gospel fits right in, and also Fulton Sheen uh, has a great a comment about the culture that we're going to be talking about. I wanted to give some good news stories that should inspire you because it's called pushback. United Airlines employees file lawsuit over the tyrannical government-backed COVID jab mandate. I think that's a good news. We need to fight back. And then I think another good news is a just like we had our pro-life uh, man, um, Mark, here was uh, exonerated from his praying at an abortion clinic. In the U.K., a pro-lifer was arrested for praying outside an empty abortion center was acquitted of all charges, just like we had here in America. See, what happens, Father Murray, I think you agree, we need to push back on the culture that's pushing on us. And here's another one. I think friends of mine that have Catholic policemen, he was sacked for comments on the LGBT community out in Australia. Well, he's fighting back too. And so what's the, what's the theme here? The theme is when the culture pushes us to want to accept abortion, same-sex, so-called uh, marriage, we have to push back. Now, I think the gospel will, will support that position, and I think the church has been doing that for 2,000 years. Father, if you don't have the gospel in front of you, I'll be happy to read it. Do you have the gospel of Mark? I, I think I've got it. I think sure. I've got it. You're too prepared. Oh, gosh. But no, You know, actually, see, I, I celebrate the, the Tridentine Mass, That's and we've got a different gospel, right? Yeah. So I, I'll do the gospel for the Novus Ordo. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. All right. So it's good. the gospel of, of St. Mark yep. 8, 27 to 33. Right. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. The Lord be with you. And with your, and spirit. With your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples left from the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way there, he put this question to his disciples. Who do people say I am? They told him, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, others again, one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, 
who do you say that I am? Peter spoke up and said to him, you are the Christ. And he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man was destined to suffer grievously and to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be put to death and after three days would rise again. And he said all of this quite openly. Then taking him aside, Peter tried to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are not thinking as God thinks, but as man thinks. Wow. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, that last statement just got me. Go ahead, Father. I've got to hear you on this. Yeah, it's, it's it, you know, how many times have we heard that gospel? It's, it's always impactful. Always impactful. <laughs> because, you know, you've got, here you've got Christ who asks Almost the basic question, the first question that, that, that two people ask of each other, what's your name? Yeah. yeah. Give, who are you? What's your identity? All right. And Christ says, after he's been with his disciples all this time, who do he look how look how how he goes about this? This is what I love most about our Lord. He's very, he knows what he's doing phenomenally well, right? Yep. He starts out. Who do people say I am? He doesn't start out saying, who do you say I am? Who do people say I am? And of course, easily the answers come because it's not us. It's people saying this, right? Yep. What do people say? Well, people say this, that, and the other thing. Well, that's what, when we say, I've heard such and such, or they say that, what are, what are we saying? We're saying, that's what I think, but I'm not giving me as an authority. I'm giving you. They, right. they over there. Remember what Fulton J. Sheen said yep. before? He said, sometime before I die, I'd like to find out who they are. Yeah, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> who are they? Yeah. The they. Anyway, they answer him. Yeah. John the Baptist, something that you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Others, Elijah. Others, one of the prophets. Jeremiah, maybe. He takes a moment. He says, fine. Then you, who I've been living with all this time, you, who do you say I am? And they all remain quiet. Mm -hmm. The one who steps up because he's the most daring, not because he's the wisest, but he's the most daring, Simon Peter. And he says beautiful words. They're beautiful in Old English, and I, I, we memorized them that way when we, when we were children. That's what we, how we learn scripture. Sure. Thou art the Christ. And again, in, in, in the other, in another gospel, thou art the Christ, the son of I was just going to say God. that. Yeah, that gets me excited. Wow. wow. I mean, this is, this is, this is magnificent. And, and this is where our Lord says, and this is what's wonderful, Terry. Listen to this. Yeah. Our Lord, our Lord says to him, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I shall build my church. Right? Good. And then... Later on, he comes to this. These are two different Gospels. I'm not confusing them. Matthew is one and, and Mark is another. They're saying the same thing. Yeah. But after, after Christ gives the keys to Peter, right. imagine the authority. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Can you imagine, can, Terry, 
Terry, you've got a good relationship with our Lord. I know you do. Can you imagine our Lord's telling you, Terry Barber? Yeah. Terry, Terry Barber. Yeah. Terry Barber, second person singular. You, <laughs> I'm giving you the authority. Whatever you say on earth, it'll be done in heaven. Yeah, that's powerful. That's okay. what, whatever you hold back on earth, it's held back in heaven. We're relying on you, Terry Barber. Ouch. Can you imagine that? Yeah, it's well, this is what Christ says to Peter. Yeah. He said, whatever you decide on earth, that's the way it is in heaven. Yeah. Wow. Well, Father, let and me... Then, yeah, go ahead. Then, and then he just says this. Finish. He said, yeah. Christ starts talking about his death. Yes. And it's the same, same, same Peter says, no, 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 no. It will never be. Yes. I won't. God forbid. Yeah. I won't have it. And our Lord, who just named him Peter, changes him, turns and calls him Satan. Yeah. Get thee behind me, because <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for the purpose of being sacrificed on a cross. I don't know what you're about, Peter. Yeah. You haven't understood this yet, but you will. All right? It's beautiful. It Very dynamic. Father, dynamic. Father, let me jump in and ask you a question. Maybe I'm, I'm not the exegesis guy that, you know, but when I read this gospel today, at the end, when it said, you know, you know, get behind me, Satan, you are thinking not as God, but as human beings do. I'm going to be honest with you. What crossed my mind is individuals in our church who are going along with the world, whether it's the, 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 the um, vaccine mandate or whether it's um, same-sex uh, 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 homosexual marriages or, or any of these uh, contraceptives. You know, the world says all these things are okay. And when we have church leaders saying, yeah, well, I'm right with the world uh, health organizations. You know, we're going to say nobody gets in without getting vaccinated. Okay, that's it. We're with you. Or all these other issues of moral teachings. I kind of say to myself, wait a minute. Are we thinking like the gospel said, are we with the world or are we with Jesus Christ? And one of the things the gospel makes clear to me is when we think in a worldly way, we have a worldly uh, lifestyle. And I always thought that whenever the gospel said, don't think like the world does, think as Christ does, that that's a mandate from day one. Am I on to something? Sure. We're told, we're told by, by St. Paul to put on Christ. Yeah. Right? right? To, to become different creatures. Yeah. I'll, go, I'll go you one better, Terry. Tell I heard something today. I had something today that I'll add to your list. Yeah, tell me. That, that that blew my mind. Oh, good. It'll blow <laughs> right? mine, too. Hey, Father, hold it. We've got a quick break. I oh. want to get to that. That's a good <laughs> teaser. And not only is Father going to tell us that, but Father's responsible for sending us a beautiful video that I think will inspire you to fall like deeper that, in love That's great. with great. Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. I want to remind everybody, Father Chad Ripperker's coming for the Spiritual Warfare Conference. We're sold out. Uh, Bishop Strickland will be here, but you can still sign up to watch it on video by streaming. So if you want to do that, call 877-526-2150 or go to vmpr.org. We have a men's conference coming up June 17th. Please check that out. When we come back, we're going to let Father Murr spill the beans regarding a story that he just recently heard that inspired him. It'll inspire us. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm on the edge of my chair. Father Charles Murr 
is here with us, and he's telling us a story. He just started, and I had to hold him off because we had that break. But so, Father, please tell us what you just learned today. Well, I, I just it just got the news. I got a news story from from Italy. Yeah. Uh, this morning. Yeah. That I thought was astounding. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me the the names of the people because I don't exactly know who they are. But a bishop in Italy. Yeah, Archbishop had Bruno. The, yeah. Had the had uh, the. Uh, the uh, the nerve. Yeah, Bruno's his name. Go ahead. I've got it. Is that it? Yep, I got the with the, free, with, with the Freemasons. Of course, I was going to bring it up to you today. Are you, are you serious? You already knew that. I thought it was right here, Father. Can surprise. you? Be, yeah, Freemasonry appeals to Pope for support. Yeah, go ahead. Can you, tell can, us. you can tell us. When I read this, that you know, you know the books that I've written. Well, let's tell but, tell for those who don't know about your book on Freemasonry. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pushing my books, but I just mean. I, I no 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 that's not what okay. I'm saying. I, I, I've, I've written I've written quite a few books, a few books anyway. Yeah. Almost all of them have to do with Freemasonry and the role, the diabolical role that it's played in church decisions and in historic uh, yeah. events. Yep. And in persecutions of the church right. and, in, and and the death of many many a good priest and bishop. Right. How it's been condemned in in I think fifteen encyclicals over the years. All of a sudden. The free, a bishop reiterates what church teaching is. Yeah, this basics. And he says to everyone in his diocese, you cannot join Freemasonry. You can have nothing to do with them. Right. And anyone who does is in grave sin, cannot receive Holy Communion, and better reconcile himself with, with the church and with God before he dies. Yeah, that, right? nothing new about that. Now, that's... that's this is incredible. This is banal. This yeah. is this is just what is. Yeah. Well, he came under also. The Freemasons dared to go up against him, and they said, "You know what? You're absolutely wrong. There's nothing wrong with us." I'm going to go to yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna As a go matter of fact, we're going to appeal to the Pope. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> the I see the reasoning. Go ahead. This is going to appeal to the Pope. Yeah. Come on. The Pope says we're cool. I know, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Father, and this is where we this is where we are today. This yes. is where we are. And that's why I said that gospel that said, Are we thinking like the world or are we wow. thinking like Christ? This is an example of it. He, and it quotes the 1981, February 17th article uh that the you know the Holy See through uh the CDF ruling on it. It's been very clear since 1717. One pope after another has condemned Freemasonry as not being compatible with Catholicism. But you Absolutely. see, what's happened, and I'm, I don't want to get the whole show about this. It could, but I could say this. Pray for the Holy Father to see God's uh, teaching in this rather than man's. Because what's happened is the Freemasons think because of the language Pope Francis uses, which is very similar mm -hmm. to—I'm being honest. Obviously. If I'm not, if I'm correct, Obviously. if I'm wrong, right. Father, go ahead and correct me. I'm— I'm on the air, correct me. But it seems that... Well, uh, Terry, yeah. who am I to judge? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. All right. Well, the point I'm making is the Freemasons think the Pope thinks that it's okay because they think he's cool with it because of, of the language he uses about the brotherhood of mankind and all that. But the point I'm making here is the article I have here is basically the one you talked about. And I would just say pray for the Holy Father. Well, he's the Pope, and I always say it, whether people like it or not, and I have a lot of people who think that he's not. I got to tell you, uh, he's the Pope, and he's not going to go down on the good popes. I think he's going to, and I'll just say it publicly, pray for him because there's like 19 popes that have been bad popes 
out of 267 popes? Well, Francis uh-huh. is going to be one of those because look at the, dis- the the problems we've had in 10 years of the church. And then he's he, so that's all I can say is it's sad that you have to bring this up, Father, but I have it right here. And uh, let's pray for the Pope that he sees. Terry, all, all, I, all I want to say, all I want to say, I reiterate. Yeah, what when I read it, what? I read it this I read it this morning in Italian. I, I started laughing. I said, the Freemasons yeah. feel confident enough. Yeah. With the with the way that things are in the in the Catholic Church today, confident enough to appeal to the Pope. Yeah, this is I mean, where in else has this ever happened? <laughs> and, and since seventeen seventeen, never. And you know what? Oh my People God. like Joe Biden yeah. appeals to saying, Hey, the Pope yeah. doesn't think it's a bad idea to fund abortions. Where do they get this idea except from ambiguity? And I'll be gentle yeah. on that. Father, before we play your video that you sent me, because I'm gonna shift gears, but oh, I want to bring in the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Sheen ahead, and then tell me, Father Murr, if this doesn't spot on about our woke culture. And Sheen wasn't even here when it began. He's been dead since 1979. He says, there is a tendency among many shallow thinkers, that's a nice way of saying it, of our day to teach that every human act is a reflex over which we do not exercise human control. That's our Mm -hmm. culture. He said, they would rate a generous deed as no more praiseworthy than a wink, a crime as no more voluntary than a sneeze. Such a philosophy undercuts all human dignity. All of us have the power of choice in action at every moment of our lives. I would summarize that and say Bishop Sheen also said, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. But Father Murr, this quote from Fulton Sheen is describing us today in 2023. It certainly is. Uh, let me let me just be a, be a theologian for a second. Good, good. We need you. Uh, we always have heard, and Scripture tells us this is so, that man is made in the image of God, yep. the image of Dei, That's the right. image of God. Yep. Well, what is that? What what is that image of God? Does that mean God has ten fingers, ten toes? And we're made that way? Not at all. The image of God is freedom. We were born free. We were given free will. God, and God respects our free will. It, you know, I, I don't I can't remember who told me somewhere along the line, one of the good priests or nuns who taught me, but they said, if you go to hell... You go by your free will, and God respects that. Amen. I've heard that all my life. God will respect your free will, right? Respect it. It was your choice. We have free will. And this is the problem with the with the world today. They're saying, and especially with Freud, and oh, since, yeah. since Freudian psychoanalysis psycho, uh, psycho, uh, yeah. began, we don't have free will. Your condition. This is exactly what Sheen is talking about, yeah. condemning there. You're, you're not free. You're not free. Well, I'm going to tell you something, too. And I'll, with this, I'll conclude. If you're not free, you're a slave. Absolutely. And that's exactly the way many a state would like you to, to remain. Well said. If you're controllable that way. Amen. Right? That's it. Well, what Bishop Sheen also said, the only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. I want to put that's this right. clip on before we have our next break. I think I've got time to do it. Mr. Engineer, let's set this up as the priest who has some advice to us here in America at this time of history. 
Glory to Jesus Christ, glory forever. Father Jason here. I just wanted to speak with some of you about uh, the state of our life here in this country, the United States, uh, North America in general, in the West, and um, uh, in the church, universal. Um, and sometimes, you know, we may give into that temptation that things are so bad here that this isn't the country that I recognize, this isn't the church that I grew up in, and why even bother anymore? But I want to share with you a story, true story, to inspire you, and it has to do with the underground Ukrainian Catholic Church after the Second World War. You know, those underground Catholics, they had nothing. They didn't have a church. That visible church structure was taken from them by the KGB-backed uh, Moscow Patriarchate. They had no parish church that they could go to. They had no, um, you know, uh, chancery office where you could go and you could, uh, you know, meet with a bishop or something like that. They had no visible church. It was all taken away. If they met, it was out in the field at night uh, undercover. Secondly, there, there was no... Um, political structure that they could turn to. I mean, it was a uniparty state, uh, very much like what's happening here in the West. You know, these countries turn into liberal uniparty monolithic states. Uh, they had no political party that they could um, put their hopes in and say, oh, in four years, we're going to get a, you know, a conservative uh, office um, uh, party in place and they're going to deliver us. That wasn't on the table. And also uh, the whole culture. You know, the, 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 the culture was held captive by a political ideology. And furthermore, the Vatican, the Vatican did not help. The Vatican was held hostage by a diplomatic policy known as Ospolitik, in which uh, they, the Vatican sought to simply allow us to coast into the sunset and to disappear in the hope that the Vatican could simply negotiate directly with the Russian Orthodox Church and these inconvenient uh, Ukrainian Greek Catholics would no longer exist. So they didn't do us a whole lot of favors. So we didn't have uh, a strong outspoken papacy that was advocating for us. We didn't have political parties. We didn't have visible churches that you could go to. There wasn't a, a culture out there that would nurture you and protect you. All four of these levels were working against these underground Ukrainian Catholics. And so the only thing they could rely upon was a radical faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. And that brings us to the very beginning. That's the kind of faith we need to have is a radical faith in Jesus Christ. And if these other things come along once in a while, a political party that's aligned with our faith or, you know, a papacy that's outspoken or a parish church that has good structure in place, then that's icing on the cake. Now, my friends, we're faced with that same problem that these underground Ukrainian Catholics were faced with, you know, 80 years ago. And you are going to become the man of God that he wants you to become, not in spite of 2023, but because of it. All the ingredients that you and I need to be saints are found right here, right now. So stop pouting and start paddling. We have rapids straight ahead. Wow, start paddling. <laughs> I love it. Is that great? Uh, Father, thank you for sending that. I know all of our listeners enjoyed that, but tell us your thoughts because I have my thoughts. We have about a minute and a half before we have to break, but that's an awesome priest, whoever that. It's fantastic, but it's but it's kind of what I've been saying to people for the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Look, look, don't be discouraged with Rome, with the papacy, right. with this, with that, with our bishops, with it. That's not the deal. No. 
You have to have faith in Jesus Christ. And yeah. what this priest is saying too, the rest is icing on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stop, Terry. What what is the what is the the priest's name? The American priest who was held uh, in prison in Russia for twenty three years. Oh, God, Father Chesnick. Father Walter Chesnick. What Walter Chesnick? Chesnick? Yeah. All right. I just imagine uh, Pope, Pope John the 23rd and John F. Kennedy yeah. got him released, got him out of the out of uh, out of Siberia. Yeah. Hard labor for 23 years because he was a Catholic priest. He had nothing. I mean, he didn't have a bishop. He had nothing. There was there was a Jesuit priest that I talked to once. Yeah. He was so so much so long in a Chinese prison camp. And he came out and he still, he wanted to know, was Father Johnson, our, our general, our general, <laughs> our Father General. Well, Father Johnson died in 19, I don't know when it was, 1942 or something. Unbelievable. Like that. Well, but, but they I, lived, these people lived with Christ. I want to talk a little bit more about that video when we come back here on the Terry and Jesse show. Radical faith, man of God. I love that priest. He's inspiring. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr sitting in for Jesse. He'll be back tomorrow. He's been on a mission trip out in Florida. He'll tell us all about it when he comes back. Father Murr, the video that we just saw talked about a radical faith that we need. And I always carry this crucifix, and I say, this is who we worship, folks. And I say that because there's no priest, bishop, even the pope. Their role is to confirm us in our faith, okay? When they don't do that... Uh, we pray for their conversion, okay, because they're not doing that, many of them, many times. And uh, we have our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the sacraments, the, the Holy Eucharist. And this priest is saying that we need to be men of God, especially as our men, that says it's our time to stand up and uh, push back in this culture. I even say this, Bishop, or Father Murr, I have another article here where the Holy Father, the Anglican uh, bishops, and the Presbyterian leaders were in in Africa, and they were denouncing the anti-homosexual uh, environment and saying that we got to be uh, nice to them. And I, I think that if you describe what they mean, I've, I'm going to assume, of course, the catechism says we respect all people, but what we don't respect is sin. We have to reject sin and turn away from sin and accept Christ and, and repent of, our, of these sins. So I just say, when I see things like this, I say, I'm so sorry that our leaders in our church are leading us down the road. That's a worldly view, because remember what the Bible said today in Mark chapter 7 of, of uh, the gospel. You're, get away from me. You're thinking like men rather than like God. So I just wanted to say, to set this up, Father Murray, is that there's an article called A Brief History of Our Annihilation. Now, Fulton Sheen says every 500 years, the church goes through a crisis. And I wanted to get your take on this, uh, we, he, in the article, this Jesuit priest talks about uh, a timeline. He says 1517 is uh, Martin Luther's rejection of the Holy Church. 1789, the French Revolution rejects Christ. The 19th century, Darwinism, Marxism rejects the Creator. And then the 1960s, the sexual revolution, separating sex from fertility, no longer reserving sex for marriage, and curtailing our eluding fertility within marriage. And that sexual revolution denies human nature across its physical, spiritual, 
and social dimensions. So that's brief right there. But what I really want to get into is what you lived through, Father Murr, because, you know, you're in your 70s last time I checked your birth certificate. Uh, <laughs> and I'm getting close. Tell me about it. Remind, remind me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I say this because in the 1970s, you were, I think, in college. Is that a fair statement? I was just finishing college. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, oh, my gosh. In the 60s, you were in college, too. So, you know, the rise of abortion, um, the uh, contraception issue, all these things were, were attacking Christianity's moral teachings. And so I just want to take your take on this and saying that you lived through that, you saw it firsthand, and it seems to me that we're reaping, I usually say the benefits, no, we're reaping the defects of what took place 50, 60 years ago, and we have leaders in our church and our state politicians who didn't get the memo about Christian morality, and they bought into secular humanism. Is that what you experienced when you they, were a young they, man? They also didn't get the memo that the 60s are done. <laughs> That's a they, great have, they haven't gotten that one either. Thanks be to God they're done. Yes, yeah. yeah. So tell us about there, it. You know, you were, you were mentioning something. You, there, was, there was something that was, uh, that was not completely, didn't completely hit it on that article. Okay, which one? What the, in the 1960s, something, something even worse happened. It wasn't just the moral degeneration just the and renunciation of morals. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. But the problem was that they separated sex from love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, so that's recreation sex. That's, that's the real key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 this right. is, and this is why today, Father Murr, we have a country with 340 million people and 110 million have sexually transmitted diseases. And the country spends $16 billion a year to take care of people who have been living in sin objectively on the moral issue. Would you would you repeat that statistic? Yeah, it's a I got it from the Center of Disease Control. Yeah. Okay, there's a 340 million people in America. 110 million, so one out of four, one out of three people, excuse me, have sexually transmitted diseases. Yes, yeah, so when you're at the airport flying, wow. one out of wow. three people walking around that airport well, doesn't that make sense? If you got 40 or 50 years of this sure. problem of sex is almost like recreational sex. We had no connection. Yeah. So everybody's committing fornication or adultery, not everyone, but a good portion of the culture. Well, you know, of course, we're going to have the consequences, you know, on their exit interview if they don't repent of that. But even on the natural level, it affects you poorly. I'm old enough to remember a commercial that was a great commercial when I was growing up. What was that? Very- the, it ended. It was a it was a margin margarine commercial. Oh, I think. I and the thing was that it ended up saying it's not nice to fool mother. Yes, nature. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we're that's what we've been trying to do for all of these years, and we think there's nothing. There are no consequences to pay. There are a lot of consequences to pay. Socially, we're already we're already seeing those consequences. Well, that's socially we're seeing them. Well, that's my point. Even in politics, yeah. think about Nancy Pelosi. Who is a baptized Catholic? Must I? No, I know. Must, must I? I? Well, well, we'll do reparation. It's not Friday, but we can do it on Thursday too. Here's the point: she brags about being raised in a Catholic uh, college with some nuns who converted her to real to say that abortion isn't murder; that it's okay to kill unborn babies. But you see, Father, she forgot to she forgot she forgot to tell you that those nuns are those nuns who taught her that 
are no longer nuns. That's correct. They talk themselves. They talk themselves out of jobs. They became social workers, and many of them became agnostics and atheists. That's you forgot to mention that. You're absolutely right. But here's the point: we've got Joe Biden, our president, who's a baptized Catholic. Again, he's saying things like, "Oh, the." Uh, funding abortion is okay. I know the Pope says it's okay, and all the bishops say it's okay. The point I'm trying to convey here is bad catechetics has a price to pay, and we're paying it right now. People don't know this their is, faith. Terry, Terry, this is what we've been talking about for quite a while. People are saying, I get a lot of calls, and I get a lot of letters yeah. from people, yeah. a lot of emails. Sure. Well, what can we do? What can we do? Well, first of all, Learn your faith. Exactly. I mean, you know, for goodness sake, they say, well, the Pope is saying this and our bishop doesn't do that. What is your faith say? Exactly. What do you, what do you, what, what, what is your, your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ is number one. And what do you know about him? What about the faith? If you've got that, you're fine. How do these people live in Siberia for 40 years in hard labor camps? And they remain Catholics. Amen. How how are they? How are they? They see their families slaughtered, and they remain Catholic. This priest who is just down from the Ukraine, uh, isn't that terrible, Terry? Horrible. I still, I still, I, but I still call it the the Ukraine, and I still call the the the, the major city Kiev. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm way behind the times. But okay. what he's saying is these people have existed for two or three generations yes. without a structure of church. F- Father, you know, here's here's something. Just one other thing. Yeah. Francis Xavier. I was just when he arrived. When he also went, he also went uh, very near India. Yes. Right. Well, when he got there, do you know what he found, Terry? Tell me. He found people who believed in the most blessed Trinity. Yep. In the Eucharist, yep, and they had devotion to the Blessed Mother. They hadn't seen a priest in centuries. Yes, that's same. But they maintained they maintained that because they knew what the faith was. Oh, this that, is what I'm saying. That same thing happened in Japan when Christianity yes. was left. And one other thing they added when because they did have some Protestants come in. You know what the Catholics said? Are your clergy uh. celibate? Are they not living with a woman? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> they said, are, are, you, are, your, are your ministers yeah. married? Because we don't want that. Exactly. <laughs> so the point of right. it is, is we can survive. We've, we've been through rough waters. And I think what's happened, Father, you grew up, I mean, you've talked about this on the radio, growing up in the early, mid-50s, and, and everybody was Catholic, and, you know, you everybody knew exactly where everybody was at. And if anybody was living outside, well, you know, yeah, it, it, everybody knew that that wasn't right. There was no ambiguity, and that day has gone, and now people really do need to have a better understanding of their faith than ever because if you see things that are going on in the church and you go, what? We're, I mean, give me an example. San Diego, Cardinal, uh, the Cardinal of San Diego, are you ready for this? He's going to Cardinal McElroy. His diocese is facing bankruptcy because of 400 clerical sexual abuses with with, relates to $550 million they're going to have to pay out. Now, wait a minute. That's not why I give donations to the church. But you see, L.A., we went over a billion dollars we had to pay out for sexual abuse. So we don't have good examples in the church, but what we do have is the example, and his name is Jesus Christ, 
and he's the model, and that's why we constantly say it's holiness in spite of bad example inside the church. My 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 dear friend, Cardinal Gagnon. Oh, who I've written about Tell us a about lot. him. Cardinal Cardinal Gagnon was was uh, giving an interview years yeah. ago yeah. in Rome. Yeah. And and people came up with the same thing. We've got all of these problems with our bishops, with the clerical thing, and this, that, and the other thing. What do we do? Yeah. And he he looked right right at the reporter. And he said, "Well, tell people to stop giving money." Exactly. He said, "Stop. Give it elsewhere. Give it to Catholic charities that you know. This and the other, or or to 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 wherever you want. But just stop giving them money. Exactly. If you see that if you see that this is happening, there's something wrong. Right. And especially when you especially when you see when you see uh, 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 bishops and, and ordinaries." grabbing real estate and everything else to, to sell it yeah to, for the for, this is outrageous I agree. it's outrageous I agree. outrageous when when we come back from the break i want to give a good example of a portland archbishop samples he's telling the catholic schools in his diocese to use names and pronouns assigned at birth you know you wonder would he would if 25 years ago someone would have told me that a bishop had to tell his schools this, I would have said, what have you been drinking or smoking? Yeah. So we come back. It's nice to hear someone who has common sense because common sense says that isn't that common, as G.K. Chesterton would say. And we'll have more when we come back. Remember, you can sign up for a streaming of the Spiritual Warfare Conference by going to vmpr.org. And we have a men's conference coming up on the 17th of June. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Father Charles Murr, author of Murder in the 33rd Degree. Father Murr, before we get to this next topic, can you please share with our listeners, I'm twisting your arm, about the books you've written and why you wrote these books. Well, you kind of mentioned it already, Terry. I want to I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I don't care. I want people to know if they just tuned in. Well, that's to... the reason. You yeah. asked me the reason. That's the reason. I'm getting old. Yeah. And and a, a lot of a lot of the things that I say in 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 things that I say in a in two or three books are very important. One very in the murder in the thirty third degree, I think is very important. Now, why is the it one also before wait, that? Wait a minute. Why is the murder in the thirty third degree so important? Because I mean, we just talked a little bit about Freemasonry today, but tell us what kind of give us a little teaser. What? what well, it's important about? because the Freemasons have been trying to infiltrate the Catholic Church for forever. Yes, three hundred uh, years. Here, here's here's something that's very important. Uh, and we get a, we get a wrong impression when somebody says they're out to destroy the church. Yeah. Yes, they are, and no, they're not. Yeah. They yeah. want to destroy the faith of the church, exactly. but they don't want to destroy the structure. Great point. Yep. The structure is no, very they important. It. They love to them. that. Right? They want to keep that. They would just want to control it. And what what Cardinal Gagnon, uh, his investigation that went from 1975 to 1978 showed exactly the, the infiltration of the Freemasons in the Vatican. Yeah. In the Vatican. Sure. Right? And what I was saying to do, just so that people don't get so discouraged, people say, well, how can you be hopeful and how can you be so cheerful Easy. and everything? Well, I just tell you what, where there is the greatest good, 
there is the greatest evil. That's how it works. It's just, that's it. Yep. Uh, I, I've, I've said it a thousand times. Start building a cathedral within an hour across the street. The devil has already pitched his tent. Exactly. Just that, that's a principle wherever we've Christ, Wherever Christ is, you can be sure the devil is not far behind. Amen, right? Father. So this is it. Yeah. That's it. So I wanted I wanted to get those books written sure. before I die. And you did. That's quite that's the truth. I did. So now I can go. <laughs> well, not before long. I went, we'll see how long God wants each of us to be here. Uh Father, I just wanted to talk about a bright stock spot spot in the church. And it's the Archbishop of Portland, Oregon, not known for uh Oregon as being a you know conservative bastion, but the Archbishop is very staunch of saying that Catholic schools should use names, pronouns, pronouns assigned at birth. And he goes through the, the issue of, like, schools should not let all gender bathrooms be on single-use facilities. He says sports, you know, should have male and female, no, no combination. Students who wear uniforms must follow the code that according to with his or her biological sex. So there's no uh, dressing as a girl when you're a boy. It's, it's almost kind of ironic that he has to say this, but, you know, I, I, I say my hat's off to him because I know. This is, this is where we are. Yeah. This is this where is we are. are. But, I, but yeah. my hat's off because I saw the National Catholic Distorter, I mean, reporter, saying that he's going to get pushback because one-third of the students aren't Catholic and that uh, he's not with the world. You see, this is an example of an archbishop who's thinking with Christ rather than going along with the worldly view that the Gospel of Mark talked about today. That's how I well, see it, it, Father. Now, this woke, well, is. Yeah, this woke culture that we're up against, wouldn't you agree, Father, that it's time for the church and for individual people to say, I'm not going to put up with this? It's not time, Terry. It's not time. The church should never have put up with this. I agree. Never. Right from the beginning, never. We, there, the, the, the Catholic Church should be a voice of sanity. Exactly. In, in the world, and and unfortunately, it's going right down the stream with the rest of us. Yeah, this is this is view. the problem. Yeah, the, problem. Yeah, problem. And, and you know, but I, but you know what? I, I'll tell you something else, Terry. Tell me. On a, on, and you want a positive note? Yeah. It's not going to last. No, it never this, does. That's this cannot last. No. That's all. No. And we know that. So yeah, we and don't we despair. know we know at the end, and and this is the other thing that God brings goodness out of evil things that go on. We saw World War II. We've seen many evils that took place. And a God can bring good out of even evil. And this is a principle that's been going on for many, many years. Father Murr, I, in a few minutes that we have left, again, to summarize what you've been saying most of the time I've ever, that I've known you for decades here now, and that is, what advice would you give mom and dad right now who are trying to live out their Catholic faith in a culture that doesn't support it. And in many cases, the parishes that are nearby uh, aren't supporting the traditional Catholic moral teachings of the church. What advice would you give them? Uh, get yourself a good catechism. Mm -hmm. Learn your faith. I'll tell you something else, too, that just, it just struck me. I remembered this. There was a time that we were traveling as a family. We're all kids. We're seven kids. I think at that time we were only five of us, five children. We couldn't we couldn't get to a Catholic church. Right. We were driving down to Mississippi for a funeral, and there was no Catholic church. Do you know what my parents did? Tell us. We stopped. We stopped off at, at I, I don't know some some uh, 
rest area. They took out their missiles and we prayed the 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 confidior, oh my the prayers at the foot of the altar. Really? We, yeah, and the and the gospel for the day. Yeah. Right? That that's right. And you know what was funny? Tell me. Years ago, that happened when I was a kid. Years ago, not too many years ago, I was watching a movie called Gone with the Wind. Okay. Right? And I'm watching it with the, with a few other people. We hadn't seen it in a while. There's a scene at the beginning where the O'Hara family, good Irish family, right? Mm -hmm. They're sitting around in, in uh, what's the name of the what's the name of the plantation? Oh, for goodness sake, I should remember it. Tara, Tara, right? And they're praying the confidior and the prayers at the foot of the altar, and 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 every and and everything else because they, there was no Catholic mass, <laughs> but. They kept that sense of Catholic even in the family. Yeah, that's what has to be done. Yeah, the, to domestic done. church. I pray, think. Pray, pray together and know your catechism, know your and, faith. And you know what else? I always tell people to the family rosary is such a great example to keep in touch with the life and death of Jesus Christ. And I want to recommend one more thing because Lent's coming up next Wednesday, and that is for Lent. Uh, I know people say, well, we can't pray a whole rosary because the kids are young. Well, we were able to do it, so I don't know. Maybe I got a different gene. I don't think so. I think everybody can pray a rosary with the family. But I want to add a couple things, and that is have your children thank Jesus at the end of the rosary for the blessings of the day and ask them to be specific about what they want to thank Jesus for. So they, they develop an attitude of gratitude about life. And then... This is another recommendation from a guy that's already raised my kids. I mean, and that is, please uh, do an examination of conscience before we go to bed every single night. Now, people say, well, we always were taught that. Well, for unfortunately, the families I know haven't been taught that. It got forgotten. Right. So an examination of conscience helps us. And some, what we did as a family, we would do it, and then we would say together, an act of contrition together, and they saw mom and dad praying that prayer with them, what did that tell the kids? That we were in need of redemption too. That we were sinners. We're all sinners. And I think this- Mary, I've got, I, I've got go news for you. Tell me. I say, the, I say the act of contrition about three times a day. That's a good idea. I do. That's a good I idea. I do. Yeah. And, and you know what else yeah, I say? Especially I say one more prayer. We give thee thanks, Almighty, all merciful, and mm -hmm. all loving God, for all the blessings of this day from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. Throughout the day, prayers like that keep you living in the presence of God. That's the key to surviving in the church and in the world today, not to be distracted from even bad clergy, bad politicians. Be centered on this, Jesus Christ. Got it. You got it. All right, Father, right. One, one more time. How can people get your books? Go to the Google. How do they Google that? Go ahead. And just and just, just Google, uh, uh, well, you can Google my name, That's it, Father Charles, Charles Murr, Murr. Yep. or uh, the, the title of the book. Uh, the, the, the latest book is uh, Murder in the 33rd Degree. Excellent. It's uh, also also uh, uh, our friend uh, Kennedy Hall. Yep. Uh, did the audiobook for it. Good. So it's out on audio. It's out on audiobook awesome. too. And it's going to be, it's it's out in Spanish, Italian. Listen to this. Spanish, Italian, Hungarian, Hungarian. Croatian, oh my God. Polish. What? Uh, they're translating it in French right now, in Good. Italian awesome. and English. 
And uh, uh, it's also coming out in audio book form in Spanish uh, awesome. next month. I so love it. Well, keep doing good. what you're doing, Father Murr. Uh, could you uh, give us a blessing, please? Absolutely, Terry. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost descend upon you all and remain forever. Amen. And Father Murr, if Jesse was here, you know what I'm going to ask Jesse, and you know I'm going to quote Our Lady of Fatima talking about praying for souls because Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Think about the world right now. I mentioned the, the culture that we're in, uh, we're over-sexualized. How many people are committing mortal sin with pornography? That's the real pandemic. But we can actually help pray for people's conversions, our own conversions, and then by our reparation and atonement, we can do that. And on Thursday nights, I just want to remind everybody, we pray for people like Father Murr, priests, because of the thir Holy Thursday night when the institution of the Eucharist, the priesthood was set up. So every Thursday, we pray for our priests, our bishops, and our Holy Father that they will confirm us in our faith. You notice I didn't pray for Father Murr to win the lottery. You know why? It's not. I, is the, has, has, has that been the reason I haven't been That's winning? why you didn't win. <laughs> the reason I would say is that we want our holy priesthood. And so what we're doing is we're getting on our knees and we're praying for that every yeah, Thursday. Right. So when I make a little criticism about the cl clergy, you know what I tell people, Father Murr, when they say, Terry, you're beating up on a bishop, the pope, or this. I say, no, I'm calling the Holy Father, I'm calling the bishops to confirm me in my faith because that's what the role they need to do through my prayers. And I will ask them, please, what you're doing is undermining my faith. Please confirm me in my faith. And that's something that the Canon 212 says I have a right to do. So, Father, what's... Terry, not only, not, a, Terry, not only a right to do, but every once in a while you have to confirm us in our faith. There you go. There you go. And I would say this, Father Murr, what state should we be living in? Oh, the state of grace. Sanctifying grace. Yep. You see how he said, what's the difference? I love it. Let's get our definitions. Sanctifying grace, actual grace. What's actual grace? It's that grace that you get to go to confession. Somebody pushed you into it. You got an actual grace to do that. Hey... Listen, I want to thank Father Charles Murr. We hope to have him on soon again and pick up his book, uh, 33 Days, 33 Degrees of... What's the title again, Father? I already lost it. 33 Degrees. Murder in the 33rd Degree. I got the word murder. Hey, thank Just you. Just remember, remember the Freemasons, they have the 33rd Degree. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us. And I want to thank, thank all you of so you listeners who join, that will pass on that video from our show today. Much more of the show by just using your, your forward button. And I thank you so much. May God richly bless you and your family.